In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Tuggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here to speak with you today as I do each and every week about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, the achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on today's guest, Austin Vickers, I'd love to open up the phone lines and give you other pathways to come into our chat room and our hearts, and you can call in at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877-864-4869. You can join us on Twitter. This is something new that we're adding to the dimension of our intercommunication world, and that is hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness. And we've got a few announcements to make of the comings and goings and doings in Harvesting Happiness land. And the first is we are still working on our reboot programming for Harvesting Happiness for Heroes. Some of you who follow our show may know that we partnered with Groupon uh, for our nonprofit to raise funds and awareness for our military programming. And we'll be launching a six-week module online where veterans and their loved ones can come into the program for free and receive six weeks of coaching to help with challenges that may be present regarding combat trauma or post-traumatic stress. So we've got that going on. Um, Tonight I'm headed off to New York City where I will be meeting with TED, that's Technology, Entertainment, and Design, in support of our TEDx Malibu Community Event, which will be held this December 2nd in Malibu, California. And the theme is Living Out Loud, or LOL. So let's let's keep 
on this subject of living out loud because it dovetails very, very nicely with our guest today, who is Austin Vickers. Austin Vickers is the writer and producer of People vs. the State of Illusion, a docudrama based on his work and the science and power of perception and imagination, which was released in the fall of 2011. He is the founder of the Stepping Up Foundation, a nonprofit organization helping people and organizations in need. He is the author of the personal leadership book and program, Stepping Up to a Life of Vision, passion, and authentic power, and is a professional speaker who has educated and entertained audiences from some of America's leading corporations, including Intel, Wells Fargo, Colgate-Palmolive, and 3M. On a personal note, Austin is an avid reader, an aspiring musician, and is passionate about physical health and is now a certified yoga instructor. Wow, this is a mouthful. Welcome, Austin. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Good morning, Lisa. Thank you very much for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, it's a pleasure to have you. You're like the brother from another mother here. I know. I was thinking the same thing as I've learned more about you in the past. It's like we're definitely kindred spirits. Kindred spirits. And, you know, I think that that is, is something to speak about in terms of the uh, the topic of harvesting happiness or well-being or flourishing, because I, I'm pretty confident that I can speak for both of us, and you'll chime in when I give a breath, about when we follow our passions, when we identify what it is our gifts are, and we use those gifts for our calling, that the happiness is the byproduct of all of this. It's not the destination. It's not the goal. Oh, no, that's absolutely right. And and uh, I feel like certainly in my own life, I, I've learned a lot about happiness by spending a lot of my life being unhappy. I mean, I you know, they say you, you teach what you need to learn, and that's certainly true in my case. I've spent a lot of my life not being very passionate about things, not being very authentic, and certainly not um, having the vision that I do today and in really in the cultivation of those values and those characteristics in my life, I, I, I absolutely agree with you that happiness then just becomes the byproduct of who and what we really are when we, when we you know, have the courage and find the courage to actually be those things. You know, this thought came to mind as you were talking about, you know, when you walk into someone's house or even your own kitchen and the aroma is so fabulous with cooking a great dish, you know, it's, and that is kind of what happiness is, is is the byproduct of creating this great dish or this great pot of something that is going to feed and nurture and create pleasure for others. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, that's, you know, it's that, the adage I used to like to use a lot is, you know, if I want money from somebody, they obviously have to have money to give me. That's why we go to banks to borrow. Well, it's the same thing with love and it's the same thing with happiness. We really have to cultivate the things in our own lives that put us into a state of happiness for that to really spill out and spill over. And as you say, to emanate from us almost like, you know, fresh baked bread in the morning, which puts a smile on my face when I think about it. Um, and, and anybody else then in our environment gets to really experience that from us because we've so filled our own kind of cup with it. And that's the viral nature of 
happiness. It's the viral nature actually of any emotion. And so I think the goal that you and I share is that we want to make positive emotion or positive outcome um, the, the goal or the reason. Let, let me jump to something a little bit different because this is an interesting factoid about you that you were a practicing lawyer before you got into writing and producing films. And this is of great inspiration to me and I know of others who will be listening because many of us have led a very conventional life and suddenly, whammo, there's an aha moment and I want to know about yours. Well, I think, you know, living as many people do when they grow up, and I think this is one of the parts for me that was very inauthentic about my life, is I, you know, I pursued becoming a lawyer in large part because my father was the type that used to say to me all the time, you know, you can be anything you want, either a doctor or a lawyer, and, and uh, you know, kind of directed me. And I, I don't think I had enough courage in my life to a certain point of time where I just, I did things very unconsciously and without great vision and not necessarily being who it was that I really wanted to do. And there's a, a line from a movie, I forget which movie it was, but I absolutely love the line. And it says, you are what you love, not what loves you. And yes. the problem I had in my life at that time was that the law has always loved me. I've always been very successful as a lawyer um, but it wasn't something that I loved. And so despite the fact that I could be successful in it financially or from a career aspect, because it really wasn't who I was, it, it really generated a lot of um, negative feelings, a lot of you know depression, a lot of all kinds of things, because I wasn't really connected to who I, who I really was at my heart. And once I was able to let go of the law, which I did about 12 or 13 years ago, I was practicing law in England at the time, working for a big Fortune 500 company, and I literally, Lisa, could feel the unhappiness in me. I could feel were was like the seeds of a cancer, and it wouldn't have surprised me if a doctor would have diagnosed me you know, 12 years ago saying, you're going to have cancer in the next five years because we, we can see it beginning. And I could feel it beginning. And it literally scared me to the point that I just felt like, you know, I didn't want to die that way. I, if I was going to go down swinging, then I'm going to go down, you know, trying the best to be who I really was. And, and I made the decision at that point in time to really let go of the law and pursue full-time my real passions in life, which is now what I've been doing for the last 12 years. And I'm happy to report I couldn't feel any healthier than I do today. I feel, you know, 20 years younger than I did 10 years ago. So it's great. Well, how, what, what was your, what was your step? What was the path? You were in England, you were, you were practicing law. Life was not as happy as it could have been. You were physically not feeling well. And what, what were some of the steps that you took to uh, get yourself onto a new path? Were there, what, what kind of synchronicities happened that might have pulled you in that direction? I mean, you understand what I'm kind of getting yeah. at, what I'm asking? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, first of all, one of the things that you have to do is you have to get very real with yourself and you have to get real with everybody else around you. And the truth is that I wasn't very real. Um, I was in a marriage that I was unhappy with and wasn't very authentic in you know, I was in a job that wasn't really authentically me. And so I started to write those things. I literally sat down with my ex-wife and talked to her in one of the most real ways that I ever had. And that ultimately led to the decision that we made to not be together anymore. And 
I literally went into my work, and I had been doing some work. Uh, like I'd, I'd written a book already by that point in my life, and so I had a few other things that were kind of going in my life on a on a hobby type basis. But I just decided to address the fear, you know, straight on that you have when you're giving up something I'd worked over 20 years for, which was the practice of law, to you know to do and to be present in who I really was. And what that meant was coming back to the United States. We are going to go to a break, Austin, and I am sorry to interrupt you. We are going to hang on to this thought, and it's a perfect way to end this segment, is to keep our listeners on tenterhooks as to the people versus the state of illusion and your path to happiness. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress. Came in to learn more about Austin Vickers and his work. Go to Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N-B-I-C, K-E-R-S.com. We will be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress King on Toginet.com. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. You are listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We are here. And today I am speaking with Austin Vickers, who is the writer and producer of The People versus the State of Illusion. Austin is a former lawyer practicing in England who, about 12 years ago, decided to follow his heart and his path to greater physical and emotional joy by writing and creating a film. Um, prior to the break, we were talking about the history that led up to this, including the end of his marriage and how that was the springboard for creativity to the next place in his life. Welcome back, Austin. Thank you, Lisa. 
All right, let's let's get on to this movie stuff because this is something that you and I share in common um, as our pathways to our own joy and our and our own purpose. So, what exactly inspired you to make this film? Well, I think a lot of things, um, but most uh, significantly, a number of years back, I had the opportunity to go to Alcatraz Prison. Have you ever been to Alcatraz, Lisa? When I was a young girl, which was a hundred years ago. <laughs> I don't think so, maybe a few years ago. But if you went there, you know, like most people, it's a really God-forsaken place. And I was literally taking a tour there by a guy who had been a prisoner on Alcatraz for 25 years. And I remember asking him, you know, what was it like to be on Alcatraz prison? And he told me something very interesting. He said, I can't begin to tell you the number of friends I had who served 20, 25 years that on Alcatraz Island had gotten released, gone to San Francisco, and immediately committed a crime and allowed themselves to be get, get caught so that they could be sent back out to the island. And I remember being shocked by him telling me this, and I asked him, I said, well, why on earth would they do that? And he said, because as hellacious of a place as Alcatraz was, at least it felt like home, and the fear of the unknown was much worse than the fear of and the hell of living in Alcatraz Island. And yeah. that just struck me so strongly. And I realized, of course, that we all do that. Like, we all build prison walls around ourselves in different ways, these limitations of our perceptions and our imagination and our happiness, because the discomfort is yeah. of that hell is sometimes much worse than the fear of the unknown. And, and as a result, I was inspired to make a movie about it. Well, you know, let's stop for a second on this topic of fear, because this is something that I am exploring in great depth and will be sharing at TEDx Malibu. In fact, it is, I'm pretty sure, the topic of what I'm going to be speaking about. Because fear is a, a pretty fabulous emotion, and I say that with a chuckle because it is probably one of the things that we all dread most. It's to be in fear of ourselves, fear of others, fear of tomorrow, fear of dying. But moreover, um, I, I, I'm really thinking about the fear of living, you know, of, of, of how we fear really living out loud, living authentically, because we don't know what that will look like. No, that's absolutely the case. In fact, I probably think that's the biggest fear that most people have is that fear of the unknown and putting themselves at the edge. Thomas More, who's one of the experts in my film, really talks about that during the course of the movie where he, he says, you know, if you're really following your heart and your passion, you're going to be in a place that's going to feel really insecure. And other people are going to be a little unnerved by you. You're not going to know what's going to happen next. But that's how you know that you're actually in that place. That's kind of what Joseph Campbell talked about as being really the grand adventure. It's, it's our calling, and there's a certain amount of uncertainty associated with it, and we have to learn to really channel that fear, as maybe like a Tony Robbins would say, and make it a, you know, a counselor instead of a jailer. Don't let it limit you, but really utilize it to help direct your path. You know, I couldn't agree more. I call it uh, jet fuel. You know, when I do my work with veterans and, and individuals, you know, we talk about fear because fear is a huge component of people who are struggling with, with trauma, especially, but also with life transitions. It is that fear that can keep us stuck and paralyze us or catalyze us um, 
to do greatness, perform, perform miracles and, and crazy things that we would never think we were ever capable of doing. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, one of the things we talk about in the film that I really tried to highlight in, in psychology is a, um, a psychological process called the content to process shift. And what it really means is shifting away from the content of those kind of external aspects of our lives and focusing more on our process or our patterns of response in relationship to those circumstances or people or things that are happening in our life. And I think that's very true when it comes to fear. It's not about getting rid of fear in our lives. Everybody has fear. And like you said, you can use it as a jet fuel, which then becomes much more about our response to fear. So the kind of work that I'm really trying to do and highlight in the film is, hey, you don't have to get rid of things like depression and anger and fear in your life. What we have to learn how to do is learn to respond differently to those things. And then we can utilize them as allies in the achievement of our dreams. Amen. I couldn't agree more. Let's talk for a minute about some of the experts who are a part of your film, because Thomas More in particular is one of my um, people I find incredibly inspirational. And I started reading his work probably 20 years ago. And um, I am sure that there are more men and women along along those lines. So tell us who we can anticipate um, gleaning these pearls of wisdom from. Yeah, Thomas Morris in the film, we, we brought him in to really go in, in depth around psychology. He's, he's one of the, you know, great psychologists in our, in the country. I've got Candace Pert in the film who wrote a great book called Molecules of Emotion. Um, she has, you know, been on the forefront of neurochemistry and talking about how emotions work in the body and the relationship between our neurophysiology and why we do the things that we do. I've got a gentleman in the film by the name of Peter Senge who wrote a book called The Fifth Discipline in the world of education and corporate um, management training. He's been listed by Time Magazine and others as, as one of really literally the top ten management gurus we've, we've probably ever had because of his discussions about learning organizations and how associations and groups of people are exactly like an individual. They, they learn and grow and morph. And um, we have Debbie Ford in there, who's uh, obviously on the forefront of emotional intelligence education. We've got uh, Joe Dispenza, who goes in and talks a lot about the way that the brain works and our response to the brain and how we develop imagination. And then I've got um, a couple by the name of Robert John and Brenda Dunn, who were um, forerunners of, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's called Pair Laboratories that was set up at Princeton to investigate the interaction between human intention and thoughts and machines. So um, it's, it's really pretty exciting, uh, the people that are in the film. Extremely exciting. And, I, and, and that leads me to ask the next natural question is, you know, The Secret was a film that sort of paved the way for this kind of format of, you know, experts who are um, in sort of the physical world reality uh, realm addressing these um, softer parts of the human emotion and human experience. And how does your film differ from The Secret or What the Bleep Do We Know, for example? 
Well, there were a couple of things that I, I, I certainly appreciated what those films really did in terms of, you know, putting some of these issues out there. But there were a lot of things I didn't like about those films. Um, and one of those was that a, a lot of the science that they used was very controversial and not necessarily accepted in the mainstream. And there is so much great scientific evidence that is in the mainstream. I really felt like we didn't have to, to go to that place. So, and I was originally making my movie for PBS, who ultimately is going to be taking the film. And so I made sure that we, it really included cutting edge, you know, mainstream science. Um, about principles that were really exciting and interesting, but didn't go into a realm where it was, where it was too controversial. And then we wrapped it around a, a story that's being told, the trial of, of what happens to a gentleman that ends up in prison and the transformation that he goes through, which is very emotionally compelling. So um, unlike The Secret that just kind of has the talking heads, um, this movie really has a very compelling emotional story associated with it so that the viewers can really see, okay, when I get the science, what do I do with it? How do I actually apply it to my life? What kind of changes can I expect? And what is the kind of transformation I can ultimately see? Um, you know, th- you bring up something really, really, really important about the, the talking heads, and I like to call it the woo-woo realm. Because often with this kind of work that you and I are speaking about and and how we work, people who don't really know will say, oh, well, that's just new agey, that's woo-woo, it's it's hooey, and it's not. I mean, the work that you and I are both doing is deeply rooted in science. It's really um, the cutting edge of where psychology is going and probably even psychiatry in the future because as we learn more about the brain and how it operates and we can learn to stimulate parts of our brains that um, need it. For example, someone who is depressed we can learn to stimulate positive emotion, Um, we will require less drugs, less uh, pharmaceuticals to do so. And that's what I find so fascinating about this work and what you're doing. And it's really helping people embark on their own transformational journeys. Yeah. And in fact, um, you know, as validation of that point, if people go to the website of the film, which is uh, thestateofillusion.com, we actually have posted on there an article that was done by Scientific American. It was a review on the movie in which Scientific American magazine validated all of the science that we used in the film. So we were thrilled about that. We were thrilled with their validation and their recognition that, you know, it's not woo-woo science. It's actually very well-rooted in principles of cognitive psychology and neuroscience, and that's what we really try to showcase in the film. Well, congratulations to that. We are going to a break, and when we come back, we will continue our conversation with Austin Vickers to learn more about his work, his film, uh, People versus the State of Illusion. Visit austinvickers.com. On Facebook, he is the State of Illusion, and also P-A-U-S-T Vickers. So it's P-A. What is the P for? I guess the tunes are coming, and you'll tell me when we get back. All right, we'll be right back. Here come the tunes. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com.
Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win enter our weekly contests at harvesting happiness on facebook where we give away our guests books music film and products each week in addition we also do great harvesting happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with lisa cypress cayman lisa's books happiness first aid kits h factor where is your heart documentary film happiness is an inside job products including the sterling silver infinity bracelet that benefit harvesting happiness for heroes a non-profit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just Joining us now, today's guest is Austin Vickers, who is the writer and producer of The People vs. the State of Illusion, a docudrama based on his work and the science and power of perception and imagination, which was released in 2011. And prior to the break, we were talking about how films such as The Secret and What the Bleep Do We Know sort of paved the way for um, this kind of movie. I will not say this kind of work because the basis of Austin's work is deeply rooted in proven science, but really about how we can present these concepts of transforming our lives and growth um, through film. And I, I personally, Austin, think film is a phenomenal media for teaching, and it's one that I use myself, and it's something we share. Um, so let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. I, we're, we live in such a multimedia world today, and you know, it's how so many of the younger people are whether it's through, I, I think I read a statistic recently that even said YouTube now is one of the leading uh, methods for people to get their news and information in the world. So we're increasingly turning to that kind of multi-visual, multi-learning approach, and I think it's great. So, you know, for people like you and I that are making films and, and trying to do this kind of work in that genre, it's so fun because it, it gives us a world of opportunity in the future. 
Well, you know, and what I find so amazing about it is um, oftentimes people will know that life is not working optimally. You know, they might be a little disgruntled with their lives or their relationships or their jobs, and they may not uh, want to go for therapy. They may not be interested in sort of a, a group therapy or support group dynamic, but through film, they can sort of tap into subject matters that are of curiosity and passively embark on the journey. And that's what I find so brilliant about documentary and about film in doing this. Um, we, we do it with H-Factor, Where Is Your Heart, which is my film, and I use it um, with the vets in particular because they are shut down often when they, when they come in for programming. And through the film, they begin to process ideas and they begin to be provoked in a positive way. And I don't doubt that this is what your film is doing to provoke people into this transformational process. Yeah, no, it's really true, and I think film is so good for that because, as we tried to do in the movie, you know, in addition to, again, the science being presented, we're presenting it through a metaphor, we're presenting it through a story that emotionally involves the viewer so that they can actually see, hey, and learn not only what are the principles that I need to learn to make this kind of transformation in my life, but how do I actually see it implemented and how how can I watch it kind of being played out in, in this scenario, which of course they can through the course of the film. So I think it's, it's so fun to do. And, and this was the first movie I ever made, but I have plenty of others that I intend to make in the future. So I'm really excited about the potential for it. Well, I, I'm, I know, I don't doubt that they're going to be a success. Let's talk about um, your, your teachings in personal leadership because this is a, a big component of what you are doing as well is um, coaching others to step into their uh, pathways uh, similar to you. Well, that was one of the things that I wanted to showcase in the film, and, and you kind of touched a little bit on The Secret and some of these other movies that have come out before. You know, when I watched them, one of the things that I I felt a lot of people misunderstood from those films and about the law of attraction, you know, there's kind of this idea put out there that, well, if you want more money, all you need to do is think about having more money, and, and you know, if you do, it'll kind of show up in your life, and... So I think people took that very literally, and, and and when they don't have that experience, then they can get very depressed about it. But um, there's a reason for that that we try to showcase in the film through the science that I teach, and it's called the content to process shift. And unspoken in the film, but I think really needs to be taught to people, is it really matters why you want that money in your life. If, for example, in the law of attraction or that kind of positive thinking, if you want the new car or the new house because you're unhappy, then the process that you're really employing is, is an unhappiness. It's a lack of abundance. It's not more abundance. And so that's what you're actually going to attract into your life. So it's not based on what your intention is. The law of attraction works on what is really the underlying process or pattern of your thinking or response to life. And it's not until people can learn how to cultivate that underlying process of abundance and happiness and completion in their life, despite the circumstances and despite what's going on outside of their life, that they can really truly attract, you know, the abundance in their life that 
that ultimately will come in once they learn to let go of, of that negative process. So the content to process shift for me, which we present in the film, is really critical that people understand because it's the key to making things like the law of attraction work, in my opinion. Well, you know, I, I, I am so glad you brought this up um, as it relates to the secret and, and, and um, manifesting, especially around money, because I've often had this conversation that um, in the secret, you know, the, the, the basic concepts are correct. You know, you reap what you sow, what you put out, you get back, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes in particular to money and the concept of creating wealth and abundance, that if it's for oneself alone and that it's, it, it, is a, it is a Band-Aid or an attempt to fill up a bowl that really has a hole – which is our human nature, then it is not for the highest good. And by the highest good, I mean really for the people around us, not just ourselves. So I think with this work, there has to be an element of, of cultivating altruism, empathy, compassion, and alongside um, financial abundance, these other positive emotions, you know, the empathy, compassion, and altruism helps us create the wealth and create the abundance. I think that's true, but you also, you know, one of the things I've noticed in my work is we also have to be careful even around the altruism. I mean, you know, the woman or man who goes out and does charity work 12 hours a day to feel acceptable and lovable is not going to create abundance in their life any more easily because why they're doing the charity work, their underlying process is really a very selfish and very, you know, it's because they feel a big hole and they're just trying to make themselves happy by using their charity work as much as uh, of an addiction as somebody using heroin might. So, again, one of the things that we're trying to showcase in the film is it, it's not about what's going on externally. It's about what is our process or pattern behind the reasons why we do what we do. And if that is based in a fear, if it's based in a lack of abundance, if it's based in an idea that we're not good enough or we're not complete enough as we are, then there's going, you know, that's the result we're going to ultimately create in our life. So, and, and it can unfortunately even apply in cases where, you know, people are doing tons of charity work, but if they're not really doing it for almost the right reasons or with the with the a healthy underlying process then it's going to continue to that's going to create problems for them too oh i agree with you i think that you're spot on in fact one of the the experts in our film is Stephen Durkin, who wrote a book called Artificial Happiness, and he talks about when we use any of these um, um, outlets, albeit uh, charity work, exercising at the gym, um, what, whatever might be our what we believe to be our passion that makes us happy, if the uh, modus operandi behind that is to sort of fill these empty spaces as opposed to really understanding that the happiness resides within. And in fact, you know, happiness is an inside job is what we talk about over here at Harvesting Happiness all day long, that it is in fact artificial happiness. So I couldn't agree with you more. And that wasn't really what I was saying. So I'm sorry if I was confusing you with that. I mean, there has to be some alignment of of the greater good with what we do simply because the greater good matters. And when we elevate ourselves and we help elevate others, that is what generates the happiness. But it must come from inside. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. 
Well, you know, we are slipping into that next break. So I'm going to attempt to do this gracefully without being cut off, you know, allowing the music to guide us there. But I, before doing so, I, you know, because we've had some uh, harsh starts uh, in, in, the, in the throes of our conversations here. I want to make sure that we let everybody know how to find you, to find the film. Again, the film is called People versus the State of Illusion. And we are here today with writer and producer Austin Vickers. You can find him at austinvickers.com and I want to spell that out for you. It is A-U-S-T-I-N-V-I-C-K-E-R-S dot com. On Twitter, he is at Austin Vickers. On Facebook, he is The State of Illusion. And also, we think, but we're not sure, it's he is a Paul Austin Vickers or maybe just Austin Vickers. You'll have to hunt him down if you want to uh, friend him or connect with there. And to learn more about we, what we are doing at Harvesting Happiness, please visit us at HarvestingHappiness.com. And for our nonprofit work, which is at no charge to veterans and their families, we are underwritten by the generous support of the public corporations. You can visit us at HH, the number four, heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S dot org. And we have weekly contests over here at Harvesting Happy. You can sign up for gifts um, at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook, and they include um, some of our products at Harvesting Happiness, but more importantly, they include the um, gifts and products of our guests. And today's guest, Austin Vickers, has uh, generously donated a uh, Stepping Up Leadership online coaching program. It's a six-month-long program. It's valued at $199. And to find it and us, please go to Facebook at Harvesting Happiness. You must like us and love us in order to win. And I'm going to sort of step out of order here because I have a few extra seconds and thank our production team because they are in the house fully today, which doesn't always happen. Kelly St. Clair is the producer that is behind the scenes making me and us and this show look good every week. And J-Dog is on the technical uh, side of things and he is always a pro and we are grateful to him. And let me give you a little bit more information. I am doing a spoken word class with Sergeant Dino Greer of the Iraqi Chronicles and we are teaching uh, at a boys and girls club locally. Um, He's coming in by a Skype feed and we are teaching children about the concept of the inner wars that we all experience and the outer war that an American soldier experiences and how they are the same and interwoven and spoken word as a tool to healing. So stay tuned for that. We've got more information coming about that in the coming weeks. Here come the tunes. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll be right back. Where is my heart? We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cyphers Kamen on Toginet.com. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, 
friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you are just joining us now, we are speaking with Austin Vickers, who is the writer and producer of People vs. the State of Illusion, a docudrama based on his work, and the science and power of perception and imagination. And that's what I want to talk about with you, Austin, now, is this um, the science behind imagination, because this is exciting to me. This is kind of cutting edge. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's a very exciting place for me as well. I, I think there is so much that we are learning about the brain and the, our physiologies and really about the power of imagination, both through, you know, the, through the fields of quantum physics, et cetera. And we try to showcase that in the film. You know, like one of the things we talk a lot about, even with respect to our physiology, and, and Candace Pert talks about this in the film is, you know, for example, people will sometimes feel, hey, I have a, you know, do I have a bad knee or they think that they have a bad knee. And one of the things we're trying to really showcase with people is understand that, you know, every three months, for example, we essentially replace all of the molecular material that makes up our knees. So when we say we have a bad knee, what we're actually really doing is just not having a very creative and assertive or conscious imagination about what our knee is. We're allowing an old idea about our knee to continue the pattern of having a bad knee when in fact we can take more conscious control and begin to more consciously imagine what that need can become. And there's an amazing amount of science that is showing today that when we do that, we can actually make very dramatic changes in our needs, our physiologies, in our mental health, and even in the world around us. We, we try to showcase in the film how our thoughts and our beliefs about the world around us can actually have an, an effect and an imprint even on things like inanimate objects like computers, et cetera. So it, it is really exciting. And for the most part, I find that people really, they, they don't, they underimagine what is really possible in their life. And, and we're trying to um, help people see that they can imagine much more. 
Well, you know, let's talk about the knee thing for a minute because that's something near and dear to my heart and one that I can personally attest to this power of imagination to um, to help heal. I had a, a skiing accident a couple of years ago where I tore my ACL and it was a very bad tear and my doctor told me, oh, you're going to need to have surgery, you're probably not going to be able to ski, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, that's just interesting information. You know, I sort of took it in and I didn't believe it. And um, my doctor is a very, very uh, well-known orthopedic surgeon and also happens to be a surfer and peak athlete. So I decide I'm going to go off and I'm going to heal this knee without the surgery. And I do so with yoga and hiking, meditation, and not woo-woo meditation, but I, um, I'm i a practitioner of TM and I have been for many years and I find that it works. So I go off and I do my little healing stint for a few months and I come back and I have a new, a new scan. I go to the doctor. And he's like, you know, I'm a doctor. I'm supposed to tell you to cut, but you're really fine. And it it healed. And I can't even explain how it healed. So there you go. Here's a living example of what we're talking about. That's awesome. I love that. And there are, you know, there are great examples. I mean, the work of people like, you know, Deepak and Andrew Weil and many of the other doctors out there who've been, you know, going in and talking about spontaneous remissions of cancers and tumors and all kinds of things, which are is so largely understood by Western culture. And I've been always a big student of Eastern philosophy. And in the Eastern world, I mean, to even evaluate a physical, you know, problem in the body without considering the emotional, underlying emotional and or spiritual potential cause of that issue is just something they would never do. And, you know, and it seems like in our culture, just over the last 30, 40 years, we've been doing that now. But um, what's great about science is that we're, we're learning more and more about it, and our instrumentation is getting so sensitive that we're actually able to, you know, um, see connections and see responses between our thoughts, for example, and the effect on our physiology or on the inanimate objects in a way that in the past we've never been able to do. So it's a, it's a very exciting time for the world of imagination. It is. And, you know, um, Kelly, our producer, she just, you know, wrote me a little note here about the word under-imagination. And, you know, it, it is true that um, in children, for example, one of the reasons why I think children are so happy is because their imaginations are so abundant and ripe and, and um, unbridled. And as we grow up and society's constraints are put upon us because we allow them, because we're not actually taught not to allow society's constraints to screw with our imaginations, the imagination starts to diminish. And when we can tap back into sort of that quantum creativity and um, stimulate it, you know, really by believing that we are limitless and seeing examples of our limitlessness, either whether it's a healing of a knee or the manifestation of some amazing project that we've, that we've started, such as yours, that you were able to see to, to fruition, that's powerful. Yeah, it really is. And what we have to understand when we begin to develop our imagination is that it can be very scary for people around us. I mean, Descartes from many centuries ago had a lovely saying that said, you know, if you if you teach a man to think they're thinking, they will love you. But if you teach a man to think, they will hate you. And sometimes it's really true. When we really challenge people by being very imaginative ourselves, it makes people feel very insecure because it can disrupt 
their you know underlying belief system about the world. What they thought was true is not really true anymore. And that's one of the things we try to show in the film is that most of how we experience the world is really much more a reflection of who we are as it is, as it is opposed to any kind of underlying actual reality. And our imagination is much more fertile in terms of becoming reality than we've ever understood or really known before in human history. And so we have to be very conscious about what we're imagining all the way down from that knee, like you said, your tendon that you were able to imagine it, you know, healing in a way that it ultimately did to our relationship, to our work, to every aspect of our life. And, and one of the things that I'm going around right now promoting the movie that I like to remind people of is there is no better time in human history to exercise and turn your imaginations into reality than right now. I mean, I know a lot of people sometimes get down because of the political situation or the economic situation, but literally, I, I don't think there's ever been a time in human history when we have more available to us in terms of our connectedness to the Internet in terms of our information available for us to learn, in terms of our ability to put out a message for the world to hear, or to have an idea that, like the Facebook guy, who goes from being a you know a broke college kid to one of the world's richest billionaires. So I think it's really an amazing time in history to turn our, our dreams into reality. I agree, and it really uh, reemphasized how um, limitless we are in our power, that if we um, perceive ourselves as fully empowered to create and to um, make joy in the world and make goodness, then we are. If we see ourselves as limited by fear and society's constrictions, and this really goes for pretty much everything, and, and I'm even going to you know, tap into the fact that um, in traumatic situations, because I deal with a lot of trauma in the work that I do, that we see people who come in who feel that they are just defeated, and rightfully so. They have been through trauma, which has overloaded their bodies, it's overloaded their minds, it's overloaded their emotions and spirit, and yet there are ways, there are tools that you and I speak about um, quite vociferously through each of our films and the work that we're doing that we hope will uh, help people see the world in a different way, which is um, a huge source and pathway to happiness. We are uh, running out of time, and I want to make sure that we once again let people know where they can find you, Austin, and your work. Again, we're speaking with Austin Vickers. He is the writer and producer of People versus the State of Illusion, a docudrama based on his work and the science and power of perception and imagination. You can learn more about Austin at austinvickers.com. On Twitter, he is at Austin Vickers, and on Facebook, he is the state of illusion and let's try Austin Vickers uh, just for the sake of, of arguing and also, I want to remind people that they can uh, sign up for our Facebook or our Harvesting Happiness contest on Facebook, where you would have the opportunity this week in particular to win a copy of Austin's Stepping Up Leadership Online Coaching Program. It's a six-month program. And also, we each week offer all kinds of crazy, good, and happy gifts that are part of our Harvesting Happiness Shop Happy eBoot. Um, Austin, where are you holding screenings over the next few months and weeks or weeks and months? You know, actually all over the place. If people go to the website of the film, thestateofillusion.com, they'll be able to find us there. But I'm headed to Denver tomorrow. We've got screenings in Boulder and Aspen this weekend. 
Um, the following weekend, I'm back in Phoenix, and then I think in the next couple months, we're in Vancouver, British Columbia, we're in Kansas City, we're in Atlanta, Georgia, so we're crisscrossing all over the place. Fantastic. And, you know, um, I want to make sure that we also um, shout out the film site again, which is the State of Illusion.com. You can learn more about the film there, the experts who are involved in this project, who are involved in the cutting edge of science. And this is very well-founded and well-grounded work. So once again, the State of Illusion. And uh, to find out more about what we're doing over here at Harvesting Happiness, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. And for our nonprofit work, Harvesting Happiness. Uh, for Heroes, which is a nonprofit devoted to offering stigma-free support services to warriors and their loved ones challenged by post-traumatic stress disorder and other post-deployment uh, reintegration issues. We work with warriors, their families, their kids. We are embarking on our Reboot online community support program where I mentioned earlier in the show that um, people will be able to come in for six-week programming modules and just be part of an online community that is going through through um, uh, a like-minded period in life. And what we are doing is offering positive psychology coaching tools to help people get back on track, reclaim their lives, be re-empowered, find greater joy, peace, and meaning in life. So again, to find out more about that, go to hhforheroes, H-E-R-O-E-S dot org and we have come to the end of another fabulous hour of harvesting happiness talk radio and i want to thank you austin for being with us again it's austin vickers and the movie is the state of illusion.com and here are a few thoughts before we part happiness is not a destination it cannot be bought sold or traded happiness will never invite you to the party Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion purpose place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and Austin Vickers wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Have a great week, y'all. Tune in for more next week. We are having a military-focused show. Have a great week. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togenet.